You've clicked on three more in three minutes. I'm Simon Denopoulos. I'll be joined by Adam Blenko as we look ahead at this weekend's racing. First of all, Adam, where is the highest rated horse in the world racing? On the Downs. One of the great weekends on the racing calendar. The biggest race in Britain, the Derby, and looks like a, I haven't got a final field as yet, but it looks like it's going to be a... Um, a really deep and interesting derby with a, with a lot of angles there. So it's going to be a, a really good derby. It looks at terrific oaks as well. So big weekend there at Epsom. Derby and oaks don't throw up the highest rated horse, of course, just yet. Um, they probably will in, in the future. And there's a few very likely types in both. But um, the highest rated horse is actually in the Coronation Cup, which looks, a, strangely enough, a weak Coronation Cup. But last year's winner, pile driver. We'll say he's been good enough in two of his last three in Hong Kong and Dubai to say that his rating and form from winning this race last year when he knocked off Al Asi the, at the time, the, the hot pot and the star, um, is still relevant and we'll rate him off that. And if we rate him off that, then he is the best horse going around this weekend looking to defend yeah, his Coronation Cup. So, yeah, as I said, there's, that's a weak-looking Coronation Cup, but... It lacks uh, a sort of top-end star, but I think of the six that run, five can win. So it might be a, a weaker-than-usual Coronation Cup at the front, but it might be a better race for a bet. So, um, yeah, that'll be an interesting race on, yeah, a huge weekend at Epsom. And we should probably also mention Tokyo on Sunday, have the Yasuda Keenan. No G60. Mm. We spent so long, so many podcast minutes building that up, and it never happened. He's loosely represented by... Vindegaard and Salios, who would actually be a contender for having been the highest-rated horse in the world if we were kind with him about old form, but he's lost his way a bit, Salios. Um, he's still useful, but he just hasn't. Those jewels with Contrail are now distant memories, sadly. Um, and Chanel Meister will actually be the highest-rated horse in that race, but he was, I thought, especially because he carried my money, poor mm. in Dubai. So um, poor in the desert. And needs to go back to Tokyo and um, recapture his mojo. So yeah, that's the um, that's the big names on act- in, in action across the weekend internationally, but domestically, the big meeting is Eagle Farm again. It is ten of the best. We will go into more detail with that with the X Factor in the preview show tomorrow. But the Bizarro for us comes up in the feature, the Group One Queensland Oaks, Gypsy Goddess four twenty, Aravine four forty. Utterly bizarre to see those two so close together, I think. Yeah. What's bizarre for me is that this is a, a Queensland Oaks of Sandown sectional stars. They're everywhere. Um, Belle Savoir running so well behind Barb Raider, who herself six months ago was a, a Sandown midweek sectional horse. Um, Belle Savoir had been right on the radar there and ran a cracker behind her last week and Aravine had been a um, Philly going places off that grand old girl that is Sandown. Two starts ago, she followed that up in Sydney. But, yeah, she does seem very short. The angle seemingly being Ting Tong catching the bubble. He was on the back of the bubble in the derby last week and giving that form a positive push. So I can understand that angle. I can't understand that price. I don't think she belongs in there. In fact, the bubble I'm more interested in is the bubble on the back of the form last week behind Barb Raider, which was those fillies through the Oaks who pretty much backed up what they did in the Oaks in Sydney, giving that form a nice Rounded feel. I think all of those fringy chances, Biscayne Bay and Lavilli and even um, Gin Martini have, have little chances and, and obviously they push Gypsy Goddess, who I know you are, warm about. 
Very warm. Better the carnival for me, Gypsy Goddess. I think what she's been able to do on wet tracks, she's overachieved. We've seen her have two barrier trials this preparation, one in the Vinery and one last start. Barrier 21, had a look at the stats. It only matters if it dictates where she settles. If she goes back worse than 10th on the turn, her win percentage is horrendous or her likelihood of winning becomes very tough. But I'm hoping it's similar to the ATC Oak. She was beaten in that, but it was game on from the outset. She settled on speed. I just think Eagle Farm Dry Track is such a different scenario for her and I think she's got them covered, that being the case. There's a bit more sandown sectional form there with Glint of Hope, who then went and beat another sandown sectional horse in My Whisper in the South Australian Oaks. It's everywhere. You should see Adam smile right now. Sandown. He's glowing. Don't you dare sell it. The Dunno comes up in the two features for the two-year-olds. Mm. We're going to group them together and just label, I guess, the Chris Wallace stable the Dunno. Political debate, even money. I get it, but at the same time, I don't know. That's why he's a dunno. I fully he's not Bizarro. I fully expected him to be to be there. And the second they went past the post the other day in the champagne, it was clear that this horse would be highly fancied when he stepped up in trip next time. But my read of things was that those closing sectionals were more solid than spectacular. Maybe flattered him slightly. Um heal him. He all the things that people will like him for are true enough. But I don't know about taking even money. You're paying a price. You were paying a price. Um, and the same could really be said of Zugotcha, whose f- debut win looks terrific, but an exposing pace. And then went the wrong way second time out. I feel like we've seen two heavy track runs. We've seen two very strong tempos. We're going to see a very different scenario and a wide draw, and all of that makes me think I don't know what to make of it. mm there's clearly talent there, but I don't know how much. Do you know? No. <laughs> it's one of those ones I wouldn't Good be... Good thing s- he's in this category then. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised to see them both win and win well. Yep. But at the same time, I could both see him flopping sharp and smart over from New Zealand. Looks the rating, those things. It jumps right off the page there. Can you give us a bit more context around that? No, well named. And the, the time there looks terrific last time. And interesting that he comes here and sharpens himself up for the Atkins, I assume, surely, this is part of the great plan to run here and back up next week because he was good on debut and then turned around quickly 10 days later to run you know, really fast figures, winning last time and looks, you know, a likely type. So has a little break, taps the brakes, comes to Queensland and runs seven days out, looking to turn around and peak again for the Atkins next week. Um, good enough to, to make sure that political debate isn't... Um, He's going to have to be on his toes. That it can't be fake, what he did last time. If he's going to be winning, the thing with political debate, everyone assumes that it's the autumn sun, it's press statement, it's zoo star, but it doesn't work that way. He can't keep doing it. I hope he does. Mm. I don't assume, but I hope. But it doesn't make him faster than what he's done to this point, which is, I think, what the market's assuming to be even money. If it's trained by anyone else, it's not. I don't even think it's favourite. 